right. I'd like to officially uh, call this meeting to order for the Parks and Rec Commission. I'd like to extend special welcome to all those uh, from the public here as well and grateful for your attendance and happy Valentine's Day to everyone as well. So um, first we'll move on to item number two for approval of the January 10th uh, minutes. Is there a motion to approve minutes? Motion to approve. Is there a second? Second. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. And at this time, we'll proceed to item number three, public comment for any items not on the agenda. So as uh, per direction, so three minutes uh, is allotted time and want to make sure that we uh, use that to make sure everybody gets a chance to share any comments not related to items on the agenda. All right, there appears no public uh, comment for those items not on the agenda. And we've already covered uh, some introduction of new staff. And once again, grateful for all that the staff does. Excited to be working with you and grateful for uh, the dedication and effort that you put into making our community beautiful. So thank you very much uh, for all that you do and will do. Uh, with that, we'll move on to item number five and uh, we'll turn the time to Julie for City Park Pool update. All right. Very exciting day for us in Parks and Rec. Um, I, extremely, I mean, I couldn't sleep last night. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, we have four concept designs that we're going to launch today. Uh, they actually went live on the website about an hour ago. Uh, we're going to show you the four concepts and talk through them. So for Parks and Rec Commission tonight, we are not asking for an action item from you. This is your chance to see these, ask questions, get information about them, make comments, of course, but no decisions on anything. This is just the launch of the four concepts and the launch to the public survey phase two. So with that, I'm going to get started and hope this all works great. So reminding you what the project steps are, and some of this in the beginning will be a little bit of a reminder things, but these are the steps we've taken as we've gone through the proje project. We hired the consultant team, Williams Architect, who many of you met during the phase one input. We assessed the current condition of the pool last summer. That information went to the city council for the decision of repair or replace, and they chose to replace the pool, but without any um, direction for what the actual pool would look like. Then we finished phase one of the public input. That was our two uh, idea generation sessions and a couple online surveys and our focus groups, which brings us to this step. We're gonna announce the four options and this will later this week, today or tomorrow or the next day, the public surveys for the phase two options will go live and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. And can everybody hear me okay back there? Okay, just make sure. Along with that, there will be a public open house in this very room on Thursday, February 29th, 5.30 to 7.30. That's the night when all of the uh, consultant team will be here. There's no presentation that night. This is your presentation and this will be recorded and, and available online. That night is more of a stop in, talk through the options, talk through, ask questions of the consultants on that night. Uh, all of that information from both the survey, the public input meeting, will come back to the City Council and likely that's actually going to be a joint meeting between the Parks and Rec Commission and the City Council in May or June. The consultant and staff will make recommendations that night 
for which option they feel is the best option to go with. And then the council would hopefully make their decision that night of which one to move forward with. So we're a few months away from that. And then we would have construction of the new pool from January through um, December of 2025. So we're still on board with the, the timeline with one minor change, which you may or may not have picked up on. Uh, we said before that we would be closing this summer in about the middle of August to allow construction to start. It looks more likely that we're gonna be open for the entire season and have construction really start, actual you know groundwork start and when the winter season changes to spring next year, so about a year from now. So I wanna go through next, remind everyone of what the goals are of this project, because these are the goals we've been working with since back with the Rec Facilities Pro um, Program and Facilities Master Plan, and then through phase one of this project. And these are the things that we looked at and we wanna see, and we've heard from the public, wants to see in City Park Pool. Providing community recreation experiences for a wide range of users. Providing increased independent accessibility to all water experiences. Right now you have to use a chairlift to get in to the, to the current pool. We wanna have more options for getting into the pool safely. Provide shade in several areas of the deck and some shade in water areas. Pro provide design and operating efficiencies that support the City of Iowa City Climate Action Goals. And we'll talk more about that uh, as we go through these options. Maximize the efficiency of lifeguards, knowing that we have plenty of lifeguards at this moment in time, but that may not always be the case. So we want a facility that gives us options and availability or different things we can do if we need to. Helps promote the vision of every child learns how to swim. So we want this to be a place that's welcoming to non-swimmers and non-swimmer families and helps support our swimming lessons. Someone's gonna tell me if my uh, bullet points don't match, right, okay. Uh, welcome users of all backgrounds with specific attention to facility entry patterns, shower changing and restroom design. Evaluate the potential for merging the enclosed shelter and the outdoor restrooms that serve the park into this facility. And then generally limit the construction area generally to within the fence or site um, plan of the current pool. So those are the goals that we started with with this project and they still remain the goals. And we will show you how the four options stack up against those goals along with the input received during phase one. Just a reminder to everyone that everything about this project and the updates and where you can find information, if you go to this icgov.org jump in page, everything, that's the basis for everything. The four options I'm gonna show, and nobody's picked up their phone to look at them yet, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the four options that we're gonna show in a minute are online and available right now. Yeah, you can wait, it'll just be a couple more minutes. I wanna just remind you of the input received, or the amount of input received with phase one. We did a lot of outreach. We tried to get out to all areas of our community. We really focused on having equitable input. We focused on wanting to hear from people that use the pool a lot, people that maybe don't use it as much, all different ethnic groups, all different religions, all kinds of people. So we had two uh, idea generation open houses. You can see here, one in the afternoon had 35, and then we had 460 that night, which blew us away. It was part of uh, the Halloween event. Gabe and I still have a little bit of nightmares about how busy that was. It was fun. Um, and then after that, 
and that's so during those meetings the slide next slide's a little slow coming up we did we had all kinds of different activities you could vote with ducks you could vote with play money you could give dots to what was important to you in the pool design and we heard from all sorts of people and got all sorts of input from that and after that we had an online version of that available for 10 days uh, or almost two weeks online we had 327 people respond to that so just a phenomenal amount of input starting with that but we also then did something new with having focus groups and we wanted to have the focus groups once again try to balance those out to meet the or to match the demographics of the community so we had a really unique process where we asked people that were interested to register and we had 327 people register and then myself Rachel and um, oh my gosh Sue sorry <laughs> I'm nervous up here sometimes. Uh, sat down and we went through the process of choosing people for those various focus groups so that we would get representation throughout all. 227 people invited for the 14 different in-person focus groups. 137 people actually came over those two nights. And then anyone that who had registered and wasn't chosen to be invited or people that were invited and couldn't come at the last minute or for whatever reason, they got an, a chance to do those questions online. And we had 44 people answer those questions online. So once again, a lot of people that um, did those for us. So what were the results? And spoiler alert, you, this list is going to sound very similar to one you've already seen tonight uh, with the project goals. So the things we heard primarily is they want to maintain the park setting. So wide open traditional pool, keep the trees. Multi-use, multi-generational. So a lot of people talking about all the different ways they use City Park Pool and talking about the importance of it and acknowledging the importance of everybody else doing all those activities, uh, but really trying to make it a pool for all people. At the same time, though, asking for separate activity areas. Uh, we heard this from a lot of different groups. They like what they do where they do it. They don't like it when they get in trouble or get yelled at by another user group. Uh, we heard this from lap swimmers. We heard this from aqua fitness folks. We heard this from the teen group that we hosted over at Southeast Junior High. They love to come hang out. They love to play ball in the water. They don't like to be yelled at by the adults. Well, who does? Uh, but looking at ways that we could still have all the uses but have some separation. We heard loud and clear about additional accessibility and specifically through a zero depth entry for somewhere in the pool. We heard about shade, again, wanting more shade. Interestingly enough, not on this list, but we also heard plenty of room for sunbathing. So your options give you both, room for sunbathing and shade if you want it. Uh, and then we heard both 50 meter and 25 meter lap lanes separately, um, but we heard that for, that we needed both of those in varying amounts of both of those options or both of those items. And then we also heard loud and clear, people want the diving boards and not only the diving boards, they want the three meter high dive specifically and the low dive. So two diving boards, we do have three right now. You'll notice in all of our examples, it's now two. Um, the thought being that it, from lifeguards and everyone else that uses the pool, they rarely see all three used at once. So you're going to see an options with two diving boards instead of three. And then finally, children's play area. And we're going to show that in a couple different ways. 
So as I said, we have four options we're going to show you. And the first thing, if those of you that have been following this so closely, you're going to say, wait a minute, you promised three. Oh, you get a bonus. <laughs> we have four. Um, and the reason for that is when we started the process as staff and started working with the consultants, the first option that they went through and showed us was the option that showed exactly the same pool or very close to what is there right now. And that is one thing we told the public we would do. The price tag for that came back at $19.45 million. So the first thought was, oh my God, there's, that's just not even a possibility. So we went with trying to find three other options that would meet the needs. And we weren't at first going to have that fourth option. You do tonight, and you will in the, in the survey going forward, because as we worked on the design of the other three, guess what happened? <laughs> Their price tags have come up. So they range from about 17.25 million to about 18, I think, 0.3. So we're in striking range of that 19.45. So we wanted to, to do our due diligence and show all four options. That's why you have four instead of three. Um, you'll find that several things are the same across all four in, in that we were able to meet the stated needs and goals with all four options, and then there's some differences between them that I'll go through. One thing that we're showing that is the same across all four options is they will get the new bathhouse and new pump and filter house. And I'm going to show you next this a very basic design of what the new bathhouse would look like. This one stays similar to our current one, and this is probably the least developed of all the designs. So I want to caution you, this is very much a draft design. It includes an entrance, and behind the lifeguard, or the entrance where you pay or check in, there'll be two single-user shower uh, restroom areas for kind of a small family size. Ooh, you give me a pool stick, so let's hope I don't kill the TV. Thank you. Um, so here we have these two uh, single-user restrooms right here. You come in the pool, you still have the men's and women's separate locker rooms. They each have enclosed shower areas now, um, but they have still have the same sex side. But once you come in, if you want to use the single user or you don't need to use the locker rooms, you can go directly out onto the pool deck. So that was a big entrance thing. Um, this also shows us with this year-round multi-purpose room, small classroom size of about 733 square feet. And so that is meant to be a year-round programming party, rentable community space. And then we do have the two restrooms that would serve the park on this side. So that's what the, uh, and an additional better guard and safety areas, first aid areas. This is all kind of administrative space uh, to expand that. And then the filter and pump house mechanical area becomes its own separate space. That was our top safety concern with redoing this project. The current pool, that mechanical space in the, and happens underneath the pool house where everyone is. So problem number one, confined space entry for our parks maintenance staff that have to service everything. Problem number two, a heck of a lot of dangerous chemicals very close to all, where all the kids and families are running around all the time. So this moves those to a separate building on the other side of our diving, diving well area. So that would happen with any of the four options. That's consistent between the four. 
I was called out on this earlier. I presented this to a couple groups as practice. They said, you said within the fence line. The bathhouse is not within the fence line. Good point. It is not. <laughs> the bathhouse footprint is a little different than the current bathhouse. Our intent is that it wouldn't uh, damage trees, that we would stay away from the trees, but its footprint will, will change slightly from what's there. Okay. Now how, before I show you the four, how do we rank them or how do you help um, decide which one is the best? So we're gonna show you this chart throughout and on the top will be the four pool options and on the left are the things you'll get information about. So you'll get the cost of each one, you'll get bather load and that is the way the state tells us how many people can come into the pool at one time. The current pool is slightly over a thousand and you'll have that data up there in a little bit. Um, but just remember that on a really busy day at City Park Pool right now, 400 is probably the most you see in the water at one time. And this is how many people could be in at one time. So although it is 1,000 right now, we've never hit that capacity, or at least we haven't in the last you know, 10 years or so. Um, we also really don't have parking for 1,000 people to use this pool. So um, the other designs that you're going to see are somewhere in the 800 to 900 rank area for batherly use. So fewer people, but not by a lot, and still much more than we've seen in any recent year, so you know that. We're gonna talk about the water savings and the amount of water it takes in these pools, and that's gonna be significant. We have three designs that come in about 35 to 40% less water than the current pool design. Uh, then we're going to judge, does it have separate programming areas, as we said, so places where people can do all the different activities and have a little space to themselves? Does it have the accessible zero-depth entry? Does it have a children's activity area? This one we are not, if we rebuild the pool as it is now, it would have the same waiting pool. We're not judging that as being the children's activity area because we're saying the children's activity area is much larger and has some kind of significant play feature for kids above the toddler age, so more into that elementary school age as well as, as infants and toddlers. And then we're going to talk about whether it has the 25-meter lap lane option, the 50-meter lap lane option. Does it have 50-meter lap lanes available all day or just partial day? Does it have the low and high diving board? Does it have deck space for chairs and sunbathing? And this is where I say it's funny. We say, does it have room for sunbathing? The next line is, does it have additional shade? <laughs> so we have them both there. Will it have minimal tree impact? Is it designed within essentially the current fence line? And will it have a new bath and mechanical? So interestingly enough, the, the next chart I'm gonna show you shows you that four of the options hit on a lot of those items. So all four options would give you the low and high dive board, the deck space for chairs, the additional shade. Even if we keep the current design, we would add additional shade structures. Um, it has minimal tree impact beyond the fence line. It's designed within the current fence line. It would have the new bathhouse and mechanical building. And I don't know if you could see this from back there. You see the 25 meter lap lane and it has yellow. It had red, mm. we moved it to yellow. I have to tell you that none of the four designs in our opinion really hits very well on solving the 25 meter lap lane option. I kept it yellow though because we still have a ways to go with the design concepts and figuring this out. So if we hear during this phase that that is truly one of the most important things, 
I think we'll try to figure out a way that that could happen. It may not be exactly 25 meters. It definitely won't be a competition 25 meters. But trying to figure out someplace else within the pool facility that could offer that kind of experience. The interesting thing about that, though, is the new designs that we're going to show you, the new three designs, have uh, six 50-meter lap lanes instead of the eight or nine in the current pool. So the current pool has eight or nine, depending on how you count it. We're showing an option with six, but two key crucial changes to those six lap lanes. The first one being that they happen over shallow water in these three options. And this will make more sense when you see them. So currently, the nine 50-meter lap lanes start at three and a half feet and take the entire length of the pool down to the 13-foot depth, and the diving boards are at the end. We're going to move the diving boards in these three options to a separate hopper, their own pool. And what that allows us to do is keep the entire run of the 50 meter between that three and a half to five foot depth. So it makes it more accessible for water walking, for swimming lessons, for general play, but it also then doesn't shut it down for the diving board uses. So that means that throughout the entire operating day, you could still have two or three of those 50 meter lap lanes open all the time. So the intent would be, except during youth swim lessons, got to make sure I have all the accepts in there. Uh, but the idea would be that you would have the 50 meter, or you have lap swim as we do now, six to nine in the morning and 11.30 to one, or you know, similar to that. But with the options A, B, and C that you're going to see, you would continue to have two or three of those lanes available the rest of the day and over shallow water. Now, I've been told that that doesn't make a difference of a 25-meter lap swimmer still wants a, a, to be able to twist and, or do the, la, the flip, turn. flip turns, thank you. And these options don't provide for that. But it does provide a place for water walkers. It does provide that during lap swim time, you would never have the deep water aqua, aqua people in with the lap lane because they're going to have their own separate pool. So it opens up any lanes that might have been used for that. Um, and so people this morning when I talked about this asked, well, how many people, again, come and use the 50-meter lap lanes right now? Our average this summer for the 6 to 9 a.m. hours at City Park Pool was 6.7 people, plus there was some swim team use that's not in that number. But that was the 6 to 9 hour. The bottleneck, and the reason you're hearing about this so much, is the 11.30 to 1 time frame has about an average of 25 people per hour or about 50 people that use those lap lanes during that hour and a half. So we acknowledge that's a very busy part of the day. We acknowledge that obviously that's an awesome way to use City Park Pool. But we're trying to provide some compromises that still provide that experience but without building a pool just for that. It builds a more comprehensive uh, pool structure that accommodates a lot of other needs. Uh, the other concern we've heard is that with doing the 50 meters over shallow water, is it going to get too hot, the water get too hot during the summer for the lap swimmers? Okay, so for those of you that are not um, lap swimmers, let me talk about water temp, and Sue, you can certainly correct me if you like. Uh, I, Someone who's swimming for fitness or swimming for competition likes to have water around that 78 degrees. So cool. That's cool for those uh, those that aren't doing that activity. Is that what the U? Do you know what they run? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And that's what we run this pool Mercer at year round. 
it is primarily for that use. Someone who's coming for general swim probably wants it more 82 to 84 degrees. Um, and someone that's coming with really young kids or maybe has mobi mobility issues or arthritis, they may want it even warmer. So when we talk pool temperatures, there's a whole bunch of different numbers that people like. The concern being with the current pool, because you've had so much deep water, it takes longer for that water to heat up in the summer. And the fact that we've been dumping 50,000 gallons of water a day and adding in 50 degree water, it's kept it nice and cool for those lap swimmers. Um, and so we addressed that question to our consultants, saying, is this going to be a problem? Is it going to get too hot? Um, our consultants haven't ever had that have be a concern or had it happen at any of the pools they've built in the Midwest. But I think it's one of those things we'll want to follow up with when they're here in town two weeks ago and ask that question. Um, they felt like it may warm up. It's not going to be 78 degrees, but they didn't feel like it would warm up to a to a temperature where it's going to be dangerous to swim in. So I want to get that out of the way as one of the discussions between the, the current pool and these, these new concepts. All right, are you ready to see them? Yes, yes. you are. Excited. Option A. <clears throat> this one, as I said, provides the six lap lanes on the right side. Those are six lap lanes that are over the three and a half to five foot depth. Along the one side, you will see an accessible stair or ramp into that area. And then on the left side, you have what's called the free form activity pool area. Um, and we call this option, in fact, we're going to call it the free form activity pool option. The free form activity pool is the zero depth, quite a large zero depth entry. It goes to about three and a half feet before it meets up with the area for the lap swimmers. Uh, the lap swim pool is connected, but because of the way it's situated and because it is shallow water with no overlap with the diving well, it would have those two to three lap lanes that could be available throughout the entire operating day except during our youth uh, swim lessons. Um, it has, this one shows a current channel, which is a kind of a smaller version of a lazy river as the kids activity area. You'll see the other, two of the other options have more of a playground type feature in them. Uh, this one has the current channel. And this is where we show the separate diving well. So the diving well by itself, and it I think has one of the coolest accessible entries of it that I've seen in a pool. So it has integrated stairs that go down and then there's a little shelf. So uh, I think that'll be great for our aqua fitness, aqua jogger users, have an easy entrance in and out. It would not be open for those uses when it's open for diving, that it's not big enough for both. I was asked that question earlier today, but uh, during say the lap swim hours, you would have the diving well available for aqua fitness or deep water jogging and those kind of activities. So that's the basic layout. And we're going to go through some of those concepts and the things on several of the others. So I'm going to move on to the how does that line up with our um, chart that we have. You can see the price tag. This is the second most expensive one, $18.39 million. Has a bather load of 975, which is slightly less than the current pool, but in the same kind of ballpark. But interesting, it has 34% less water. Why does that matter? It's not actually the cost of the water. Uh, the city pays for it, Parks and Rec doesn't, yay. Um, <laughs> so it's not so much the amount or what we pay to fill the pool. 
but the amount of water in the pool dictates how much the rest of the pool costs to build. So how, how much does it cost for the pumps, the filters, what size, do all the piping, everything else. So if we can use less water and design a pool that has less water, you have much le the less expense for all those big ticket items behind the scene. Uh, this option would give you the separate program areas. It would give you this accessible zero depth entry, the children's activity area, 25 meter lap lanes, not yet or not, we don't know, but it does have six 50 meter lap lanes with two to three available all day. So I'm gonna go back to it and just see if you have any particular questions about that. What yeah. closes it from six lanes down to two to three? What activity? Uh, if it was open swim, so we, about half of it so would be swim, just would be open swim. Yeah. It also would give us the option to do half of it for swim lessons or half aqua. You know, there's all kinds of different programming options with it being that three and a half to five foot depth throughout. So. And is it too early to know what hours it would be available? Yeah. The question is, is it too early to know? Yeah. I remember, this is two years away from when we're going to open. So I can give you what we our best guess, but sure. we don't have those nailed down. So the activity pool is just like kind of just shallower, just open, there's like no, nothing like going in it. So it's like a beachfront entry and it would have some bubblers or sprayers as you come okay. in. Uh, and then this option, I said, like I said, is showing the current pool, not a play structure. It could maybe have a little kitty slide if budget allows, but uh, primarily the kids activity part of this would be the current channel on this option. And the area kind of next to that current channel, what's the depth of that? Um, it is probably about three to three and a half feet okay. in there. So it's meant to be kind of that mid-range, uh, not too deep, so. Okay, so that's option A. Option B takes that and makes it into three separate pools. So same kind of uses that we just talked about. So once again, six lap lanes in the shallower water, separate diving well with the high dive and a low dive and the accessible entry and this one takes the kids activity pool makes it its own its own pool it's showing here as a rectangle i mean in the final design we might end up with it being a you know flared out or something but here we're showing it as a rectangle and showing that with more of a play structure in it so think kind of a playground type thing in that zero depth water uh, the big advantage to this is once again, it separates all the different programming options. And it's funny, in our public input phase one, one person actually said, wouldn't it be nice if we could have three separate pools? We have an option where you actually could. Um, we think this is very doable. And the best part is when we have one of those little brown accidents that tend to happen at public pools and we have to close a pool, you only have to close one of these. They're gonna be on their own three filter, um, chlorination their own three systems so you can close one or if if something breaks uh, we would have the same pump that we would have three pumps we could prioritize which pool is the most important we could keep those pools running while we do repairs on the pump or whatever um, it could be possibilities for extended season of the lap lanes in this one because you could easily have the lap pool 
remain open or open earlier than the other two. So there's all kinds of different mix and match options with this one. Uh, I'm going to have some lifeguard comments later, but they were actually pretty excited about this as an easier, um, more safe way to lifeguard because the areas are smaller, um, not as such a big expanse of the deep water. So that is option three, or option two, sorry. Let's see how it stacks up. So the price tag is not as much as A, it is uh, the third most expensive. It comes in as 881, which in the end I'll show you that it'll have all four. So similar, once again, 39% less water with this one as well. So significantly less than our current pool. Has the separate program areas, has the zero depth entry, has the children activity area. 25 meter lap lanes is, is the issue again. Six lanes, two to three lanes available throughout the day. So questions on this one? When you say all day, what does that mean? So I will tell you, but don't hold me to this because it's two, two years away. <laughs> Honestly, we think it would mean any time that there's not youth swimming lessons. So probably six in the morning till eight at night, except for uh, the time frame in the morning where youth swimming lessons happen and if we had a bank of swim lessons in the evening. So that would be the time you couldn't use those lap lanes. But, and they would be available for water walking or, or swimming or whatever use uh, would be in those lanes, yeah. Other questions? All right. Option C. Similar, once again, to the two you've just seen, except this makes it an L-shaped pool. It's flipped over. Um, so the, the L goes out a different direction, but it is still that children's activity area coming off to the right. That is your zero depth or beach entry coming in. Six shallower water lap lanes, separate diving tank, um, and this one having the kids activity area, which would be like a playground type thing. So two pools instead of three. Same, uh, same argument with that, that if You'd still have to close the main pool if something happened into it, but you could close the diving well and have the other pool remain open. It would be two separate systems on there. Very similar to the others, but just offers you one other option. Uh, and this comes in as the cheapest of the four options. So 17.25 million, also the lowest bather load, but not by much. 41% less water. So all three of the, these other options have kind of similar savings in water savings. Has the separate program areas, has the accessible zero depth, the children's activities area. Once again, sound like broken record. Don't have the 25 meter figured out, but it has the six lanes for 50 meters with two to three available throughout, throughout the time. All right, and then the final one should look very familiar to everyone. Option four is similar, very much similar to the original pool. The changes that, you, that are different from the original pool are very small. In the upper left corner, instead of seeing the drop-in yellow stairs, you do see one integrated stair set here. Uh, the consultants wouldn't even draw it with the drop-in stairs anymore as they're not allowed So, uh, for new construction. <coughs> You can see we also added the shade structures around this one 
and then there's two diving boards instead of three. Those are the only changes. Uh, showing this to people that weren't as familiar with the current city park pool, their first question is, it looks a lot like those are zero depth entries on the two wings. So I want to point out very clearly, as we all know, those are not zero depth entries. Um, and people then said, well, can't you make those two wings into zero depth? Guess what? We can. And you know what it looks like? Whoops. Mm -hmm. It looks like option C. <laughs> the trade-off to have the space to do the zero depth, you would have to do it off one way, you would lose some of the lap lanes. So going back to this one, everything else is the same. So how does that, how does that line up with the, the way the, um, the scoring? So the most expensive at that 19.56. The biggest driver for that is the amount of water and everything that has to take place behind the scenes to make that happen. It has the highest bather load and the most gallons of water. It doesn't have the separate program areas. So in other words, when you have diving, you have to close off the 50 meter. You have a 25 meter option, but it happens during open swim in the middle of the pool. Um, you don't have the separate children's activity area other than the small wading pool. It does give you, and you wouldn't have the 50 meter lap lanes available throughout the day. You would only have them for the times that we have them now. It does give you the low and high dive, the deck space for the chairs, additional shade, tree, you know, all those things measure up on this one, um, but it is different. So there is your chart that, that shows how the four of them, and Gabe, now you wanna, we do have copies for you to take of all four options and what this chart looks like, but that's how we see the four of them matching up. We'll have questions in just a minute. So hang on. Um, as I said, we had an interesting opportunity because we got these and the next night they were having an all lifeguard staff meeting. So we took the opportunity to show it to the lifeguarding staff to get their immediate feedback to see what they thought. Uh, mainly because people say that to me all the time. Well, what do the lifeguards think of it? They're there all the time. So we had a good opportunity to do that. Um, and we asked them, we showed them the four options. We made them put their phones on, I, on the floor so they couldn't show the options. I, didn't, I let Sue see them too and I wouldn't let her take pictures of it either. Um, we kept it secret until now. But the lifeguards were asked to give us their feedback of which option they liked the best and give us a few comments as to why. Uh, we had 27 lifeguards that participated in this little activity. 14 of them had been with us for over five years and lifeguarded at essentially all of our pools, 13 less than five years. And their choices, and it's the comments I wanted you to hear more than their choices, were option A, 15 of them liked option A the best, uh, 10 liked option B, two liked option C, and none of them chose option D. So some of their comments were, the reason they chose A in the first place was it seems to be the coolest design, uh, but they think that it would B would be convenient for each aspect of swimming. Uh, I like option A because it hits every age group and most activities. Option A is nice, a nice option for the ADA stuff, plus it looks cool. Uh, option A fits many people's needs and wants. I like um, option A, the current channel would be nice for lessons and accessible exercise. Uh, this one thought though that separate pools might seem difficult for families to be together. And then that they like having the diving boards separate from the main pool. So that was their, their initial comments on that option A. 
Option B, their comments were, option B, because accidents would close only one pool, as I discussed. And we didn't give them any information other than to just show them the designs, by the way. So there was none of the presentation that they got. Um, they also felt that it had a safer, smaller guard coverage zone. So each guard standing where they're standing has a smaller space, a more defined space. And we think fewer guards are needed to operate any of those other three options than the current pool. Um, it has, because there's something for everyone, so kids won't be getting in way of the lap swimmers. The lifeguards talk about that's one of the parts of the jobs that they don't like to referee between the different groups. So they see it, and they see the, the, the issues where that happens. Option B, because having the pool separate will allow for a higher degree of safety. Option B, because it has a lot of options that can be used all at once. And option B, because it is, frankly, it's simply annoying as a lap swimmer to have people wander into your lane from the open swim portion of the pool. True? Yeah, mostly. So those were just some comments that we got early on from that. Okay, so let me take you through what's going to happen and what happens next. Uh, we had hoped that I could tell you right now the public survey would be open. It is not quite. We are having it translated into the five top languages here in Iowa City. Uh, hope to have that by 4.30 tomorrow afternoon. So once that happens, the survey will go live and be available. There's two parts of the survey happening at the same time. So there's a survey where 6,000 people in this community will get a postcard inviting them to take part in the survey. That postcard will come with a QR code that, that takes them to a certain link to do the survey. That's our statistically valid portion of the survey, random and statistically valid. At the same time, essentially the same survey is going to go be live on the website for anyone and everyone that wishes to take it, to take it. So in the end, you'll end up with an open general survey, open to everyone, and you'll end up with results that are statistically valid um, by our survey company. Okay, and there's some behind the scenes things you don't start asking me about, like, how do you know who's not gonna fill out to, they got this. I just can't share all those details with you, but uh, that'll happen. It should go live by Saturday. The postcards should be at people's houses on Friday or Saturday. Um, and then that will remain open through March 8th. So just right before spring break starts. And that is available on the, the project website or will be. The ninth. Well, eighth or ninth? I don't know. It's the twenty ninth for the uh, oh, public yeah. open house. Oh, I wrote the wrong date there. I'm so sorry. So the public open house is February Thursday, February twenty ninth. Um, yeah, my fault. That is on leap day. It's here in this room from five thirty to seven thirty. Thanks for catching that. So those two things will happen for all this input. Um, but a reminder, or just some, lets you know that phase two feedback will inform the staff recommendation and the city council and commission selection. I would say that because I don't wanna give the impression that this is a voter take all and whatever comes back from the survey, it's not a vote and the top vote will necessarily be the chosen pool. This is a time for input and the input that's received along with the survey results will be considered by the council for their final decision. Does that make sense to everyone how that's going to work? Um, and then we anticipate that that decision will be talked about and made soon uh, after the, like, May or June. And that'll be a joint 
commission council meeting where the consultants will come and present the information received, present the four concepts, and, and give recommendations and have the council hopefully make their decision at that point. Even when that concept design is decided on though, realize that there's still a bit of a road to get to from the time that concept design is and we have bid documents. So there's still some things that could change in that whatever's chosen by the council in May or June. I don't think it would ever be anything that's significant that the public has had strong feelings about. You know, if they agree to build six lap lanes, they're not going to come back and only build three. But other things around the deck and other user spaces may still change after that, um, either because of direction from the council, um, probably because of budget considerations. We still have some work to do to trim the budgets here and, and bring them more in line. And then if we run into unknown site conditions, we still don't know what's under that pool as much as we've tried. So there's still a long way to go, but the, the idea is to get to a very strong concept design and take it through from there. Uh, lots of questions already that I've received. Well, couldn't you do this and this? And can you switch this over here? And couldn't you switch? Potentially, uh, but we've gone through dozens of designs to get here, and we were asked to bring forth three. We made four um, concept designs for the public. So we ask that you kind of stay in the bounds of those four concept designs. Any feedback given to the council can be considered. So if everybody really, really loves that current channel, and they, but instead the overall choice would be options B or C, you could probably switch things like the. Um, the child, the child play structure in the current channel. I mean, things like that level of design probably could change, but we really do ask for you to look at it from the, from the design options that you see at that point. Um, and once again tonight, Commission, we're not asking for you to make any kind of recommendation. Um, now that I'm, when I'm done, we're gonna open it up for any kind of public comments or questions, and those will be recorded. If you have questions, I'm gonna make notes of those, and then when the public comment's done, I'll do my best to answer the ones that I can, or let you know if I can't answer that. Uh, that's a little different than what we typically do in a commission meeting, but I wanted to give that option tonight, and then we'll have time for um, commission questions. Does that sound agreeable to everyone? Okay, so. So now is the time for public comment on the options that were just presented. So if you want to come up and please state your name at the mic and um, and we'll also keep it to three minutes as well. Yeah, Margaret Christmar, I just have a question um, because since there's uh, going to be a fewer number of lap lanes, do you know have any idea what the width of the lanes are? Because generally there's two or three people sharing a lane and if, do you know if there'll be any wider about the same as the original pool? Honestly, we don't know that yet. I think they're meant to be standard lap lanes, whatever that distance would be, or that width would be. And we would have lap lane lines as the intent. Now I went and answered the yeah. question. They said I would wait. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lines in the pool. Yeah, okay, that was my question. I can't pull. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two questions. Um, this will not re require going to a bond vote. The city council can decide and it can go forward. Is, is that, uh, that is the intent right now, um, that it would not go to bond. Okay. It is still an option, but I don't think that's where it's going. Okay. If we could also get your name, I'm sorry. My name? Yeah. Judy Hermson. Thank you, Judy. 
Thank you. And the, my other question is the children's activity area. What's the depth of the water there? So the children activity areas start at the zero depth or the beachfront entry and go up to three and a half to four feet at the at the other end. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm. First of all, Julie, thank you so much. I just want to acknowledge how much work this woman has has put into this task. Um, I'm Sue Prothrow. I am chairperson of City Park Pool Back to the Future. And it's a group of about 100 pool users that are diverse in terms of, um, of gender and age and swimmability. We came together about a year ago and coalesced around one fundamental belief, and that was that a new pool must serve the needs of all users. And the, the concept designs are, are oh so close to, uh, to accomplishing this, and we're encouraged. Um, I, I read the Barry Dunn report that uh, was in um, the minutes from last your last meeting. And um, according to that, the, the features receiving the most consistent high-need responses from focus group participants were zero-depth entry, shade, uh, lap lanes of both 50 meters and 25 yards, um, private changing areas. And those results are entirely consistent with what Back to the Future, um, with our vision. So we want to emphasize the need for eight lanes for 50 meters. Um, the current pool has eight or nine, like Julie said, depending on how you count. While we understand the logic of having fewer lanes open all of the time, the reality is that a large group of people need to swim before or after work or at lunch. Our community is growing, and swing for fitness is becoming increasingly popular. We just can't decrease lanes. And um, we need that 25-yard availability. The Barry Dunn report um, talks about the importance of including this shorter distance for some types of users, and we can't just ignore them. Our recommendation is that we use survey results to see what shapes appeal to the most people and then tweak them to tweak it um, to include eight lanes of 50 meters, 25 yard capability, and zero depth entry. Thank you, Sue. Hi, I'm Mary Helen Stefaniak, and um, I have, I guess, a question, and then uh, I guess what you would call a concern. And the question is, um, uh, perhaps it can't be immediately answered, but it's about the children's activity pool, whether the um, current lanes or the playground stuff will take up most of that pool. Because um, I'm concerned about this, children's activities sounds very good, but in this, in the plans 
the first three plans, I don't see a place where parents can play with their children. And I'm not talking about their toddlers. I'm talking about their fourth, fifth, sixth graders who want to dive for toys and show their parents what they can do in terms of swimming and get little swim lessons from their parents and have their dad put their hand underneath their back to keep them floating and things like that. I, this was what the most precious part of City Park Pool for us in raising our own children uh, with you know daily use of the pool through many of the summers. We have three kids, and then now with my grandchildren, um, the uh, the things you can do together with kids seems like. Uh, that are also kind of conducive to making them comfortable with the water and uh, kind of preparing them for swimming, uh, even teaching them to swim. Sometimes a parent is capable of teaching a child to swim, but they do, you know, they can't do it in the lap lanes, they can't do it in the current thing. I forget what you call those, the lazy river thing. So I think that that's my, that's, I mean, I do use the lap lanes, but I'm not concerned about that. Uh, the 25-yard lap lane does seem as though there's no option for that. There are many people, not me, I'm, I can use the 50-yard if I, uh, I sometimes do, but the, if there's no 25-yard or meter option, many people who lap swim there now will not be able to lap swim. They can't go 50 yards, and, and not even lap swim. What I mean is they won't be able to swim in the pool at all because they need a place where they can just swim a short distance that's not exactly, I mean, you call it a lap lane, but a lot of people who use those 25-yard lap lanes are just there at the pool and they want to swim across and then they hang out with their kids or they sunbathe and they want to swim across again. And so I think you got to make sure there's a place for people to actually swim in the swimming pool. Okay, so let me answer a couple things about that. So uh, the actual space taken up by the current channel or the play structure, I'm gonna guess 25%, and that's, that's really a guess, 25% or 30% of that activity pool. But I think you're missing that the lap lane pool during open swim would be at least half of that would be open swim for exactly those activities that you were talking about. Um, and then the, the question about people that can't make the full 50 meter, remember this is shallow water though, so you can stop at any point and and stand up this is not a you know so if it's a it's a concern that you can't make the full 50 meter because it is that three and a half to five foot now you can stop and walk the rest of the way i know that's not ideal from that 25 to 50 but but that's a big difference than having to go the full 50 meters and have over half of it being over the deep water where you you can't stop so you can do that i also want to just say the obvious that we still have 25 meter and 50 meter lap lane availability at Robert A. Lee year round. At here at Mercer, we have 25 and then 50 at times. And then you also have other pools in the area. So there are lots of opportunities for lap swim. It may not happen at every pool at this point. Or as I said, I'd still like to figure out a way that we can accommodate it. I'm not giving up on that yet, but I'm just real honest, it's not showing at this point. But also plenty of space for exactly that general pool use because that's what that six lanes, yeah, you would have two to three depending on, on use for lap, but that would still give you half the pool for just general get in, walk, do all the fun stuff you were just talking about. So there should be plenty of space for all that. Any other public comment at this point? All right, well, now I'll open it up to the commission for questions. 
and you may have. So how has feedback guided oh the choices between like a current channel or the playground structure or sort of the, the toys or? Yeah, so the feedback was simply they wanted children's activity areas. So we're showing two different possibilities so that people can kind of give us that feedback as we go in to this option. So uh, a lot of questions during during other the phase one about what is a current channel. Some people really like it. Some people don't have any idea what it is. So we're showing it as an option, but I, yeah. As far as logistics go, how how soon will we know about any sort of joint meeting with the city council? Um, you know, that's getting to be kind of like vacation time. And oh. and I know there was a meeting a couple of years ago or maybe a year and a half ago where it was a really short turnaround time and um, not all commission members were able oh. to attend. Yeah. And since the council meets at different times than we do, um, kind of coordinating that, I wondered what that. Uh, great point. I, I probably won't have any sort of answer that to that until we see how much and what kind of feedback we get over the next couple of weeks. So I would say that by the end of February, early March, I'll be able to talk with the city manager and the mayor and probably at least get us a target date so that we get that set up. But that's a great point. We'll try to give you as much you. Um, headway. We, with our consultants coming from out of state, too, it, we usually schedule a little farther in advance as well. So, yeah. um, I know you can't speak to the uh, future, how many swim meets will be. But what has it been in the past? Oh, I can speak to that. Okay. It's not intended there to be any swim meets at, okay. at City Park Pool. It's not being built for a competition pool at all. It's not deep enough for... I'm sorry, I didn't. No. I misspoke then. Uh, the, the um, I guess the swim lessons, whatever, would oh. mean that the lap swimmers could oh, sure. swim in that and I don't have Brad here, and I don't have any of the aquatics people. Uh, maybe you guys know more about how swim lessons pretty much happen throughout the entire summer season, um, and it's generally for a couple hours in the morning and then sometimes in the evening. So, um, And they take over all the lanes? or They do, and it's just a matter of keeping the kids' attention. Um, it's not saying that that's written in stone yet either, but I just I want to give you the expectation that that is the time that the lap lanes wouldn't be available. Is during those whenever there's a youth swim lessons happening yeah and that's currently the case too right I or, believe so yes open during yeah okay. yeah we want to have the kids attention on their instructors and nothing else so we try to clear out everything else happening huh. I guess I'm, I'm confused about I mean, I'm learning more now, but the significance of the 25-meter mm -hmm. lap lanes, you said something about people can turn better. So, yeah, so the if you have just the 25-meter like you have at Robert A. Lee, you swim to both ends, you've got something to push off at both ends. Okay. Okay, so it's an actual 25-yard or meter section of pool. Uh, currently at the City Park pool, you have that when you go across the lanes in the middle. Okay, and so it's a short course, um, and it may have one of the lap swimmers come up and explain that more because you have long course, it takes a little more endurance. People tend to either really like long course or short course. Um, we don't know how much of that mix, though, is water walkers and other users that might be just as well served by the shallow water lanes. We've never really offered that as an option before, so, yeah. 
think it's great to see the different options. So a lot of work's gone into this, and so excited to see so many of the project goals being met, you know, by the various options that way. So one of the questions I had as well, so it was great to see some of the um, accessibility opportunities as well. Um, one of the questions I had, I guess, goes back to the bathhouse and scalability. I think from um, just accommodating, I think with the new pool, there'll be a lot of excitement and um, just want to make sure it's large enough to accommodate, you know, increases, mm -hmm. uh, especially with the new attendance that I would anticipate with the new pool and especially new features and people taking advantage of that way as well. Yeah, and there'll be a lot more design work done on okay. that facility. I just showed you the concept so you get an idea of kind of the, the key things we want to include, but more to come. One of the other questions I had was just about, and I think you addressed this somewhat by kind of the water savings, which is great to see helping kind of the city on kind of climate goals as well. Um, but just for um, cost of maintenance, you know, between these, is there a lot of variability? And you mentioned and kind of alluded to some of that earlier as well. Just yeah. if there's a, you know, just I don't know all the technical details of cost of filtration, but if there's one that's more efficient for longer term. So it, it's hard to answer this question right now of will it be much of a money saver? Um, yes, I just can't quantify it. And our, even our consultants are working on that. Um, first of all, there's really almost no way to compare it to the current operating of the pool because we've been dumping so much water. <laughs> so uh, I did run the figures. We spent about 31,000 in chemicals um, in 2023 to operate the pool. If you had you know, roughly half the water because you wouldn't be losing it to the leaks and we have the smaller pool, you know, you'd save 15,000 in chemicals. Yep. But that, that number I'm not sure is, I don't know that I can recreate that and justify that, but that's my easy math that, you know, 40% less water and not having 50,000 gallons a day leak you would have that savings. The bigger savings though is in the construction. And it's all about the bigger the size of the pump you have to buy, the more expensive it is. The bigger the size of filters you have to buy, the more expensive. The more, the larger the pump and maintenance facility you have to build. So all those things kind of come together. If you have significantly less water that you're moving through the pool and using in the pool, all those things are less expensive. Um, we would also, anticipate huge savings just from the fact that we're going to update this equipment that's 20, 25 years old. All of this technology is changing. Uh, the, the filtration systems are different. You don't dump as much water every time you clean them as you used to. Um, chemicals will probably have a UV uh, disinfection system on it, so less chemicals. So there should be savings in lots of different ways. Um, but a key thing is the less water you have, the less you have of all those things in the first place, if that makes sense. So. That deep pool area with the diving boards, what mm -hmm. other, how else would people use it aside from, can people mingle there and hang out or? Yeah, I uh, don't have all the operating question, answers to that, but uh, definitely deep water fitness, um, definitely deep water jogging, um, other, anything else. It's that the diving well is used for now it's just it's smaller but we don't get that level of use of the the huge diving space that's there now when it's open for diving though during open swim that's it i mean people could probably sit and watch from the stairs um but yeah you can't be swimming in there when there's divers it, it is for that yeah 
we anticipate the parking would remain the same? Like yeah. Um, and then I know we talked about this at another meeting when we were talking about the different um, uh, shelters and stuff like that. Mm. But I still have concerns if the parking is going to remain the same, that we have that community room that can be rented for anything. Then, And, you know, I'm, it just reminded me when Alex was talking about increased attendance just at the pool. Mm -hmm. um, how do you mitigate that? Like, So I think in a couple ways. Uh, first of all, when we talked with like the day camp users and the groups, the childcare groups coming in, um, they're really excited about using that space as part of when they come to the pool already. Uh, so part of the use would be that. We see it as more of the space that is going to benefit the park throughout the rest of the year as well. So I would think that the use during the swim times would be related to the swim users already at the pool. It could be more kids' birthday parties. Those are probably happening in the shelters around the pool right now. They could happen there. I don't have a full answer to that. Um, and we don't have a guarantee that another shelter is going to go away. It's this is a, a programming space that could be added to this building um, and gives us that heated year-round space in the park as well as heated year-round bathrooms for park users. So, yeah, and no no additional parking, and that kind of drives not making this any bigger, higher bather load because uh, there's no place for the people to park for those things. So, so with the parking being the same, will sidewalks change at all so to make it more accessible that way as well yeah I think and that's one of the limiting factors on the current yeah you can see kind of, of a, a yeah. concept for that on all of these um, there is new pathways and drop-off yet to be developed we have a Hitchcock design group are the landscape architects they actually haven't come on to this project yet and done their their little magic work that they do so indeed uh, more work to do on how that entrance will work and be more accessible but that is part of it uh, no changes to parking except for more accessible spaces yeah. marked in front of the pool so yeah. bring that up to code can people park in lower city park oh yeah. The ones yeah. I mean, oh yeah I mean if we're in uh, yeah to expand the parking lot when we're trying to be environmental yeah. and all yeah, I just yeah. there's there's the no way. intent to ex in expand parking at this point so All right. I do ask that you share this wide, widely at this point. As I said, they're live on the website, and have people keep checking back in a couple days to do the survey as well. We will have press releases going out. We're going to wait until the survey is live to do the press release. So it's live. You can see the designs. You can see this chart on the website right now. We'll have much more press go out as soon as we're ready for the survey to be open and to really um, drum up interest for the public meeting, which is the 29th, not the 27th, <laughs> on Leap Day that night in this very room. Um, and please spread the word about all of that so we get as many voices as possible again. Yep. did have another question. Yep. So, uh, and I haven't seen the survey, but I appreciate kind of all the attention to the lap lanes mm -hmm. as well as uh, the public comment, and that's something that we've heard. Um, as well, is there a question or something related to that in the survey that will be going out or speaking to these kind of elements here? Or So the survey is a lot simpler than that. Okay. Um, I haven't seen it for a while, so it's been a few weeks since we finished that. Uh, it will have the four concept designs. It asks a specific question about each of the four concept designs, and then it asks people to rank 
order those four concept designs at the end. There are a couple other questions about how people use the pool. So not specifically about lap lanes, but it does ask, do you use it for lap lane, lap swimming or open swim? Kind of like our original um, survey we had out with idea generation. And it asks um, also, when do you use those? There's a little chart in there, I believe, that says, if you're a lap swimmer, it says, when do you need those lap lanes? So we get a, a good idea of when people need those the most. Uh, it's only about a 10 or 12 question survey. Okay. So it, it's something that should take people less than 10 minutes. Uh, and there is an there is an open-ended box, as always, at the end. So you can write whatever you want at the end. Um, we'll yeah, I'd be excited and looking forward to kind of the results of the survey and seeing how it speaks to that. And that, I think, could weigh into some of this as well. So, Good. Any other questions? Do you know if they ever, the designers ever considered, like I'm looking at option B right now. It seems like you could put a 25-meter lap lane on the side here. Like, yeah, um, we've considered about everything, yeah. <laughs> but that's the kind of feedback we'll be taking. Okay. The the design options they showed us that had the 25 only had 25 and not 50, um, but that doesn't mean we can't figure out. I'm hoping a way to mix and match, but yeah, good thought. So it seems like on just about any of the designs, you could add another two lanes right there that would then like kind of further separate the groups. Yes, but I think the trade-off to doing that would be fewer of the 50 meter. You're, you're at this cost estimate right now where anything you add is probably going to take away something you see. Okay. So, Maybe. yeah. That makes sense. But those are the kind of comments I think people should bring to the open house on the 29th and talk through. All right. Any other questions? All right. We'll encourage the commission to reach out and share the survey widely as well. Yeah. So we'll now move on to item number six, report from Julie, since Brad and Tyler are not okay. here. So, so a yeah, you only get me. I'll try to keep this <laughs> keep this brief. Believe it or not, I've been working on City Park Pool a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but other projects that are happening right now, we are gearing up for our 2024 park projects. Uh, we've had the public input meeting for the skate, uh, skate park, roller park. Uh, we should be seeing some concept designs uh, within the next month for that. Pickleball tennis courts are all gone at the moment so we had we had a few people call with near heart attacks of what did you do where's the court um, they're coming back as the crews are out working they've mobilized again I don't have a new estimate of date but if the weather holds I mean, we're hoping that goes fairly quickly uh, for the new pickleball uh, here and then the tennis pickleball at City Park uh, the other parks that we'll be working on this summer, College Green Park is set to get a new playground and sport court. Those are the only two areas that we would be touching within that park. It's not a full park renovation, but it's time to replace the playground. And then, uh, like I said, we'd like to resurface the basketball court there, rebuild that. Uh, Brooklyn Park, kind of over behind the hospital, is going to celebrate its 100-year anniversary this summer. But they're also going to we're going to get them a new playground as part of that and some new accessible paths. 
there will be a new park, a small new park developed off of Shannon Drive. That is just southwest of West High School, uh, kind of in the new housing development. It's not so new. The housing, we should have got this land like 20 years ago. We finally got it. Yay. Um, and so it'll be a small playground shelter for that neighborhood. There is uh, not one within, I forget the distance, but quite a ways. It's kind of one of our park areas that doesn't have uh, a playground. So we'll get one over there. Calder Park, which is on Hickory Trail, uh, will get new accessible paths. It's a great park, but it's at the bottom of a hillside. So we'll get accessible paths that finally connect in the street down to the playground and then also connect on to the new development that's happening called, I believe it's Monument Hills, uh, Rochester, and Scott Boulevard. That new development is just to the southeast of that park. So the trail will connect that neighborhood with that park. Um, and then uh, we're still working on the Mercer Athletic Fields over here. We, I believe the new lights are up. We did replace the lights on Field 1, and then we're working with the school district for a redesign of both Field 1, the baseball field, and then Field 4, so it becomes the varsity softball field. So City High will have their main varsity programs both out of Mercer Park at that point. Uh, that construction wouldn't start until the, uh, like, mid to late summer this year so the intent was that we would still have the baseball season happen as normal this year um, but then there would be significant construction on these baseball fields after that and i think that's the main things happening so right. all right for chair's reports and uh, just looking ahead at the calendar so the next uh, commission meeting is scheduled during spring break so, or what is University of Iowa and Iowa City School District spring break? So I wasn't sure if availability of commission members, I will not be uh, uh, able to attend if it's during that week, but didn't know if possibility is shifting or just want to make sure we're able to still have commission meeting or canceling, I guess, if people know of yeah, calendars. I don't anticipate being here that week, but okay. I can do it before or after. Okay, we could go ahead and send out an email and kind of Confirm dates. Find people. Find out when people can be or what we need to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But can be here. And that's my only item. And just once again, thank you to staff for all that you do. There's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes, and I appreciate uh, all the energy that goes into it. Uh, at this time, we'll um, just go around as far as the commission. If there's any items, so maybe we'll start with Missy. Sure. Um, well, I feel like I've been working in with the Parks and Rec Commission for, or the Parks and Rec Department for a number of years on many different concepts, and I am, I can't believe we're here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I just, all I, on my comment is just that it's been an incredible process to watch, um, and I congratulate you and your team for um, all of the hard work that goes into all of your um, daily stuff but it's it's uh, been an interesting process so I hope you feel proud about it I think it's it we're getting there Julie yeah. I will <laughs> feel relief in about a month maybe <laughs> <laughs> we'll see thanks Virginia um, somebody brought up the idea of branch pickup at the last meeting because we had just gone through the storm I'm still seeing so much out there and most yeah. of it is not from public trees a lot of it is from private trees I don't know if like the sanitation department can help on that because I know forestry is already stretched. Yeah, I will have to take that and ask and yeah. get some more information. I know that it's become, the branches have also become obviously more visible with the snow gone all of a sudden too. And we know there's a lot out there, but that's a good point. I'll have to check with Public Works and see. Yeah. 
Caleb? Nope, nothing for me. Right, Alex? Nothing, just thanks for all you guys being. Rachel? I uh, just wanted to reiterate about the possibility of getting all-female swim sometime at RAL. Just wanting to know what steps to take and also wanting to know how myself or others can help in doing that. I'll check with our rec staff. If Brad was here, he would probably have a better answer for you. We've, we've done it before, so I think it's, it's definitely possible. So. Great. There's no further items at this time, so I hope everyone has a wonderful Valentine's Day and this meeting is adjourned.